Hello and welcome back to the In and Around podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Dave Harris. Hello. And Michael Breslin. Hello. <laughs> Just for the people who obviously can't see the inner workings of the Skype video, uh, Mike was thrown off because I went for Dave first, so... As always, <laughs> as always it's good fun um so what's the in and around podcast all about well every week three friends get together and we sit and we discuss and we debate in and around the world of football just talking about the general things that's going on but that's what boys football is back or at least it's starting to come back it's sort of i don't know starting getting moving again we're seeing a bit of changes the Bundesliga is back but there's a lot of questions still around about the return of the premier league how viable is it how safe will the players be so in this episode we're going to debate project restart we're going to talk about the effect it could have on other leagues we're going to talk about the effect it could have on players how they might go about doing it um talk about how we feel the Bundesliga getting back underway actually worked and what we liked and what we didn't like um but before all that Dave and Mike went to the park earlier today for some social distance footballing and I saw some of the worst technical skills from a player I've seen in some time. Mike, talk me through Dave's performance. Um, Colourful. Colourful is... The thing is, is there were some actually really good touches and stuff, to be honest. But not usually football around, but that's happening. On a... I can't believe this, Slabber. Um, but obviously, the one that Mike decided to video for Instagram. Um, yeah, I uh, don't know what I was doing on reflection. Should have just let it bounce in the game of one bounce and then tried to do something with it. But here we are. Not his best work. Yeah. So first tangent of the week, if that, that I mean, that kind of carried. Second tangent of the week, then. What's better, Wembley or Wembley singles, you know, or um, one bounce? What's better? Uh, I re- uh, yeah, I think I think you can. That's tough, actually. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I it like depends because you can be in the mood. You've got to be in the mood for Wembley. One bounce is a lot more right. casual. Let me let me let me throw in a curveball. Headers and vols as the number three. <laughs> big, <laughs> big fan of headers and vols. For me, yeah. headers, headers and vols. Yeah, headers slaps Wembley. Back in the day, headers and vols. When you're just diving about the place. Yeah. So much pressure. Third tangent. When we were in a, when we were in school, we were playing headers and vols in the local park. And Mike Breslin was trying to impress this, uh, this, this girl. <laughs> like, she's walking around the park. And uh, they, I can't remember who it was, said, oh, we need to make sure Mike absolutely looks like an absolute boy. And so we, like, we're all putting in these terrible crosses. And... Mike eventually nails possibly the best overhead kick I've ever seen. Top bins. He's like, he's like, he's like looking around, shirt off. He's like, he's like, did she see? Did she see? <laughs> God, what the memories. Oh, it was a good overhead actually, kick. I don't think we were in college. Much. I think we were actually just in school. Um, anyway, right, back to Project Restart. Mike. After after absolutely ruining you there. Do you wanna <laughs> do you wanna run me through uh the kind of plans for the Premier League and how they think they might go about restarting? Um, yeah, so we're recording this on Bank Holiday Monday for yeah, reference. Yeah. So a couple of things may have happened by the time this is released on Thursday, um, including a big vote on when the players will come back to contact training, which I think is Wednesday. So you guys will all know the result, including we will as well. 
by the time this is released. So just bear in mind, we don't know that yet. Um, but at the moment, they're, they're aiming for June the 12th as a sort of starting potential date um, for when the first game could be played. They went back to training, I think, last Tuesday. Yeah, they did. Um, some clubs went back on the Wednesday in smaller groups. That seems to have been going okay. We've obviously had the first couple of rounds of testing back as well. Um, so far, we've had eight positive tests out mm-hmm. of, uh, I think, about 1,700 in the Premier League. Which isn't that bad. Which doesn't seem too bad to me. No, um, it doesn't to me either. But no, then again, it, it only takes one person, really, to infect a whole tonne. So. Yeah, you're right. Ideally, if they're going to go back to contact training, I'm guessing we need pretty much no one to have it if they're going to get that through, I assume. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting, but as we'll get on to, they've obviously managed to pull it off in Germany, so hopefully we're um, yeah, we're not too far away from the Premier League coming back. Fingers crossed. So there's um, so obviously there's that big vote, um, but there's been lots of things sort of like banded around as ideas of what they could do because obviously the players are have had a long time not playing football. I mean, you've seen all these various. Um, videos of them training inside their houses. Although I do wish I'd seen less of Christian Pulisic on TikTok. Um, <laughs> in fact, I wish I'd seen none of Christian Pulisic on TikTok. Um, and so one of the things they're banding around, sort of, because they—it's almost like this is the longest they'll have been without playing football, and like normally ever. So yeah. the idea is like a pre-season is not really going to happen. So one of the ways they thought of alleviating that and the extra strain that the extra fixtures are going to put on legs is to have this um, five sub idea. Um, Now, I guess this is the first interesting thing about how coronavirus is sort of impacting teams at different levels differently. To me, the idea of having five substitutes gives, say, a team like Man City, who've got are absolutely stacked debt-wise, a massive advantage over most of the rest of the league which an advantage they did already have, but the fact that they can now use five instead of three is an extra two players. And I don't particularly, I, I like it because it's, it's going to have to happen. I don't particularly like it in terms of a competition sense. What do you boys think? Um, I think it's strange because as much as you can say that about a team like Man City, you've got to look at the recruitment of teams if they don't have... I don't know, for example, two competent other defenders, two other competent midfielders, and maybe a competent striker. Like, surely, obviously every team has their starting eleven, but surely in their rotation as a squad, they must have some players they're confident in. Now, if you're in a position where maybe you have two players that you're happy to start if anyone's starting eleven's injured, sort of your own fault for not recruiting properly. So I'm not mm. really... And I think... The five subs makes huge sense because they're obviously going to be lacking match fitness. They've had a longer break than they usually would before a season. And now they're going to go back into playing a lot of regular games Mm. as long as everything goes as planned. So I think allowing the subs is as much to do with fitness and avoiding possibly injuries uh, than it is to do with maybe trying to give teams an advantage. I think it's just from a fitness sort of practicality side. That's obviously what it's for, but I think it does give the bigger teams more of a, a slightly more of an advantage. I would, I would suggest. Give, I mean, if you compare City or Liverpool's bench to Norwich's bench, 
Oh, I mean, yeah. Even if you, even if you man compare... to man, the, the the amount of quality and well, pound for pound that's been spent on that bench is just far higher. I think it, what would be really interesting to me would be if Liverpool weren't so far ahead, um, and it was coming back now because Liverpool's bench is nowhere near the standard of City's. Um, and they play such an... It's going to be interesting for Liverpool because they're a team that plays such a high-intensity style of football that they're going to have to do a lot of running, a lot of fixtures. They're probably at risk of some injuries. And if they weren't so far ahead, then maybe this could be the thing that scuppers them. But uh, again, they're too far ahead. So it's just going to be very interesting to see how, A, they maintain fitness levels and, B, whether or not this rule actually sticks around. Because as we always talk about on here, there's more and more fixtures. They want to put them. They want people to travel f- further and further in post and pre-season tours. Um, if it helps save footballers' legs, I'm all for it. Yeah. On a quick side note, why do we do post-season tours? I don't know. I don't know. What a joke. Do you know the worst? Let me tell you the worst. Um, tangent again. Last year, before the Europa Cup final, Chelsea played uh, a fixture in Boston in which Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Tore, like, yeah. uh, ruptured his Achilles. I'm like, yeah. Amidst this is, like, how do you get away with doing that? It was criminal, absolutely criminal. Joke. Criminal, absolute criminal. Um, the, the other one I wanted to mention uh, with regards to law changes, they, I think, either FIFA or UEFA gave the leagues the option to cut out VAR if they wanted to midway through the season. Well, Don't I know what your was... thoughts on that are. I don't mean, think that's change. fair, really. I mean, obviously, if you're going to have it in some games throughout the season, I think regardless of current circumstances, it's only fair you you keep it in. Not even so much out of like a promotion, sorry, not promotion, like championship thing, because Liverpool are probably going to go on to win. But if in the relegation scrap, a team suffers from something that VAR would probably have ruled out, it's, yeah. it's totally unfair. So I think you just have to stick for it for integrity. Yeah, as annoying as it sometimes can be, you just gotta you've got to have it for all the games. You can't not have it for a big segment of the the season. It raises an interesting point. Coming on to it later, if if we all believe, and we'll, we'll come back to it later as well. If we all believe that finishing the season so everyone plays all their games is the only way to fairly do anything. You can't change bits of the season, so it's fairly. So they're not doing fairly. So I'm not explaining myself well. You've <laughs> I know got, what you mean. You can't change things in the middle of the season because then the rest of the season wasn't played on the same level playing. Yeah, You've got to keep VAR there. I mean, if the idea is that they're worried about people at Stockley Park again, That's if, what, that was the point of if, the rule, I think. If you're going to test at that level, you've got to test the referees too, haven't you? So you would assume you've yeah, got test, testing and disinfecting in Stockley Park. I mean, it's not yeah. perfect. It's not perfect, but quite frankly, none of this is perfect. Um, so, what are the other leagues doing? So, let's start with the fact that a few of them, like League League One, the Eredivisie, 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 Eredivisie. Christ, I'm like Dave. I can't. I can never say that word. Um, and the Scottish Pub League have all announced that they've all announced that they cancelled. They've given the Red Line Pub. Uh, the championship up in Scotland. Uh, no, um, Scotland's actually an interesting one for once in its life. Um, is that they've uh, they've handed they've handed Celtic the title and they've relegated Hearts without <laughs> yeah. without playing games. 
which is interesting. Um, of the other leagues, they all seem to be finding dates to come back. Uh, league Un is really the only major league that hasn't come back. Yeah. But I would say, with the dominance of PSG, you don't really have to worry about that league. So it no, sort of makes agreed. it all sort of is made a bit easier for them. Now, the Bundesliga. Yeah. Sorry, on uh, League One being ended, obviously with PSG, it doesn't really matter. You know who's going to win the league. But then they've got PSG and Lyon still in the Champions League. Yeah. Now, if UEFA want to bring that back and finish it in, is it August they want to do it? Yeah. That's their new date of when they want to finish it. Um, they can't play football games in France at all until September. So, and also, obviously, PSG and Lyon won't have been playing league fixtures, and neither will Ajax yeah. in the area of Vizzy. Ajax so aren't in it, though. Have they gone out? Are they yeah, they went out. Europa? Yeah, they're in Europa. Okay, so same thing still applies to Europa. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Um, they won't have been playing any league football, whereas everyone else will have. So, I mean, surely that puts them at a huge disadvantage coming back into the Champions League. Yeah, it does. If and, if and when they find a way to finish that. That mm. seems pretty unfair to me. I think, I think that only real interesting thing for Ligue 1 is I've seen Amiens uh, are looking at actually taking them to court because they've been relegated and they're only four points from safety. Um, mm. The other team to lose... Uh, we're only on... Toulouse sorry, sorry. Had, oh, Toulouse, the place. Not yeah, Toulouse. Okay. Only had 13 points. Uh, Amiens, 23. Nimes. Nimes. I've definitely said that wrong. Uh, 27. <laughs> I mean, in my defence, it's literally spelled as Nimes, so it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not, it's not what I said last week um, about some some shakes. All right, let's move on, then. <laughs> Come on, keep going. Yeah, and I'm not sure you can relegate a team that's only four points behind with ten, game, ten games left. I don't think you can relegate anyone until all their games have been played. But we'll get into that in our debate at the end. Let's quickly talk about the Bundesliga, because the Bundesliga is back. Um, we've all been watching it. Um, Dave, because the Bundesliga is interesting, because the Bundesliga is almost like a blueprint for how the Prem's thinking of coming back. So you've watched... I know we all watched Dortmund Schalke in the first weekend um i watched Bayern munich play at the uh, play um uh frankfurt the weekend um what do you think of the atmosphere everything about the whole game did you like it was it good to have football back or was, did you have a real problem with it i thought i really enjoyed the fact that football was back it was weird i found that I thought most of the players seemed quite fired up, even though there was no no crowd or anything behind them. I thought they were quite... You could tell they really wanted to be there, is what my takeaway was, mm-hmm. really, from watching it. That in these games that I've seen, all of the players, they want to be out there and playing. And the standard of football, to be honest, from what I've seen, looks to still be pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, I mean... There's a few things about them obviously having PP and stuff on the side and then they yeah. come on and that's out of the window and it's full contact and whatever, which is a bit strange. But in terms of actual football, um, 
I think the level that they're at is as good as we're going to be able to see and the circumstances we can see it for a long time, I would I would presume. Yeah. Mike, what did you think about it? Um, yeah, going into it, I, I didn't have a clue how, what I was going to make of it, to be honest. I thought it was going to be pretty subpar football. The players probably weren't going to be that fit mm. and maybe, maybe weren't really going to fancy being there but to, I mean I, I've only actually seen the Dortmund Schalke game I missed all the stuff this weekend um, but the first 10 minutes kind of were what I really wasn't hoping that it was going to be which it just seemed like a training game Yeah, and obviously there's no atmosphere it was a derby game um, but actually after that I really started to enjoy it Dortmund played them off the park mm. which probably helped um, and obviously from the Champions League know quite a few of their players um, but watching people like Brandt he just ran the show Brandt was incredible I mean he, he was, was really good I don't know why I haven't watched more of him before did he um, look better because the Schalke goalkeeper looked like the worst player to ever play the game <laughs> did he maybe, win a... as, as you put it on our Twitter he looked like a competition winner he did like, I mean I'm not a great goalkeeper myself but I fancy myself to at least save one of them yeah, no, I, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I'd, I mean, it, it was a bit strange seeing them obviously social distance as the substitutes and wearing all the protective equipment, like Dave was saying, and then you come on and that, none of that exists anymore. But the only way to bring football back is if you're going to do it properly. So I guess I'm, I'm all for it, really, if it's safe to do so. Yeah. Which it seems to be. They've, they seem to have... We're two weeks in, I haven't heard of anything going wrong yet. Mm. So that's a good sign, I guess. I actually, um, I really liked it. Uh, there were a lot of people saying that um, they really missed the atmosphere and it made, um, I think you miss the atmosphere, yes, especially in Germany where they're, they're so fired up. However, I will caution this, people are, people are out there, oh, we're watching Hertha Berlin versus um, work versus Mainz, for example, and they're like, um, like, oh, we're not feeling the passion, the atmosphere. I'm like, that is only like watching Burnley versus Newcastle. Um, e- even I, podcast host of a football podcast, um, ardent football fan, if you've got Burnley and Newcastle <laughs> on the telly, I'm not really excited by that at all. It's so, always Newcastle with you, isn't it? Yeah. God, I hate the tune. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I just think, I think there's got to be a, a bit of a, you sort of have to get your expectations into, and in, in your head, and you've got to get them right. But there's some really good footballs we play in the Bundesliga. Like this is the thing is with, with the Bundesliga, I'm not particularly convinced about the defending a lot of the time. I think some of it's woeful, but I think that's also the way they play. And they all seem to have this fast attacking style. So the football itself is really good. Um, and I really, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Dortmund. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Bayern Munich. As I was watching Bayern Munich, I was like, I can't believe they only beat us 3-0, quite frankly. They are a monstrous team. <laughs> they are very team. good. Mm. They're a monstrous team. And uh, one of these days, we'll do an entire podcast on about how Thomas Muller is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He's unbelievably good. Yeah, and he's such th- an intelligent player. He's he's like he's like one of the most... He, he, he at times looks like... a when he's controlling the ball and stuff, it looks like a competition winner. And you're like, I can't believe this guy is one of the all-time great players. But um, anyway, um, so that, I thought it was a thoroughly interesting, good way for football to come back. And I'm fully up and on board for the Prem to come back in that style, provided all these other questions are dealt with. And we will get onto those questions in just a second. 
But before we do that, if you'd like to see us talk Bundesliga football, let us know because we are fans of the league, but we do sort of say that we're a Premier League podcast first and foremost. But if you would like to hear us talk a bit more about uh, Dortmund, Bayern Munich, the, Union Berlin. The mighty, the mighty Freiburg. Oh, the mighty Freiburg. <laughs> Bruce Mudgeon Gladbach, RB Leipzig, all these teams. Um, give us a shout on Twitter at InnerRampod or email us InnerRampod at gmail.com because we'd quite like to talk about some of the leagues. But um, Mikey Bresson, you were about to say something, I thought. Uh, yeah, I was. Has oh, it gone? Yeah. No, I'm here. I, it's it's nice to. Um, I found it nice. Like it was a Saturday, obviously, that it came back, and I associate Saturdays with having a bet on watching a football or soccer Saturday or something. Yeah. And then losing the bet, and then watching yeah. five fifteen. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll so it's nice to have that back back in my life. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. it made things seem a bit more normal, even though obviously we're still living in this weird time. It, seemed, it, it made my life seem like it was back to my usual routine. I'll tell you what it wasn't nice to have back. Steve McManaman. Good <laughs> Lord. He's like, these uh, Dortmund are in good form. Steve, they haven't played since early March. He <laughs> <laughs> also called Martin Keown uh, called Thomas Muller a flair player, and I'm still not over that. Did you see Thomas? Did anyone see Thomas Muller's goal from the weekend where there was no flair involved <laughs> he tries to control it and he does get it down but it just hits him and he just like volleys <laughs> it in it's a great finish but I'm like it's just he's brilliant I love it okay so oh yes Mike the next their next game by it's Dortmund buying tomorrow yeah classica wow um, you're not going to hear this till Thursday listeners but make sure you tuned in two days ago <laughs> to watch uh, Dortmund buying We'll do a podcast on Dortmund Bayern. Because, <laughs> dear God, we need to do something that isn't just waffle. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's move to actually talking about some of the questions around the Premier League. So, to me, the main questions around the Premier League, and we'll sort of go through them in sort of some order like this, is the health of the players, um, how it's actually going to work. Like, are we going to have relegation? Is it fair to expect certain players to play when they've obviously got other concerns um and then there's obviously there's a few wider societal questions about it so let's start with um some comments we've had so um i'm going to start with ingolo conte sorry i've listened to the bt commentators for too long um so <laughs> kante's not playing and the reason why kante has said He's not playing and he has the full backing of the club is because his brother died of a heart problem, I think two years ago. And he's got a history of those problems in his family. And he actually collapsed before the Man City game recently and he collapsed in a Chelsea training room. Um, So there is worry about there is a worry about him. um, And he said he's not going to play and Chelsea aren't going to play him. So that's the highest played and probably best player at Chelsea Football Club that won't be coming back. Troy Deeney has come out and said his son's got ventilative issues or something. Ventilative? I don't know. But um, Troy Deeney, before he football was cancelled, had sparked Watford back into life and his yeah. talisman. And you could almost say that without him, Watford would probably maybe even be down already. So if he's not coming back, I've, the question I have for the two of you is, if players are going to miss their best players, if teams are going to miss their best players, why are we coming back at all? Because 
if our whole point is we have to come back to finish the season so we can hand out titles, relegations, Champions League spots based on the form of this season. If everybody doesn't have the same players they had at the start of the season, i.e. a level playing field, why are we coming back at all? Because it won't be fair. No, you, you're right. It's absolutely not fair. But the, uh, the reason we're coming back is uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is money. It is money, but... Are we all okay with coming back in principle? I am conflicted about it, to be honest. Talk um, about the conflict, Dave. So the conflict is obviously huge football fans, so buzzing for it to come back. However, on the practicality side, I don't really want to get too political or anything. I just, I think everyone knows that things like PPE, for example, aren't exactly readily available for maybe the people that most need it. So I don't think it would be fair to take that sort of stuff away from frontline staff to people like footballers. And also, I'm not sure... I know they get get paid a lot of money, but I'm not sure footballers should be made to feel that they have to do this if they don't want to at the end of the day. Like, it's their choice. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, another strand of the um, the PPE thing, obviously, the Prem players are getting tested two or three times a week. Yeah, yeah, taking away testing. Meanwhile, there's, te- there's a shortage for testing for most other people who, don't, who might need it but don't necessarily have access, which isn't ideal. Interestingly, seems... interestingly enough... Um, Last week, I think it was last week, there was a um, a load of naked doctors in Germany protesting a shortage of PPE, which is, was interesting to me given that the, the Bundesliga started back with all its stringent testing kits and they're taking it away as well. Um, okay, I think it's there's a lot of questions about whether or not football should come back. My, my problem is people keep saying footballers should come back for... Um, to sort of boost the mood of the nation. And um, I don't think, A, that's on. That's not on footballers. Football is an entertainment game, you're right. But it's not, no football player signs a contract at a club saying that they could die. Yeah. Like, like it's not like, so if you join the army, there's an expectation, well, firstly, thank you for your service, but there's an expectation that you will possibly, at some point, be in an active war zone. And that you'll be your life will be at risk. If you're a fire person or a doctor, you're going to be around infectious diseases and fires. Your life is at risk. When you sign up to kick a ball around a pitch with eleven other blokes, well, sorry, twenty-one other <laughs> blokes, you you don't expect to be putting yourself at risk. And it's not like so. Take me. I work in an office. We've talked about going back in a phased um, system, and we have these we have these desks, and we're talking about. Um, having and they've got two sides to them and there's three chairs on each side and we're talking to have three people instead of six so we can social distance that way you can't social distance when you're a striker backing into a centre-back can't do it yeah it's dangerous it's dangerous quite frankly and so if you're not absolutely certain that you can provide them with the ppe and everything i don't think it's on the it's on the footballers to come back and entertain us quite frankly we're obviously a football podcast, and so we're overly interested in football. I don't know. I mean, the viewing figures and stuff on BT were about half a million, I think. 
Yeah, for the it first wasn't Women's League game. I think it's, you gotta, you gotta which have, which isn't a prem game. No, I, I admit. But let's say six million, maybe at a push. Tune in. Yeah. That's a tenth of the population. Does it really boost the morale of that many people? Uh, like, does it? I think it does. I think there's, a, I think there's a great thing to be said for in terms of the fact that there's a lot of people that don't watch football but love talking and discussing football. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like, um, if take. I'm, I'm just trying to play the, yeah. The, is, is there that many people that it really is? Is it this important? Do, do, that's a, that's a, that's a to good me question. it is. But not That's a good it. question. I, as one of the, I would say, a, a, probably a more, God, I'm not explaining myself at all this podcast. <laughs> as someone who enjoys football and is interested in football and consumes more football content and makes more football content than your average person, I would say that my interest rate is high. I think this is one of the least important things that we could be doing with our ke- testing kits and our PPA. I, I think there's a real moral problem if the Premier League, the, people already have, I think it's a false opinion of footballers as being self-inflated and self-important and football being self-inflated and self-important. And I think this is just setting them up for an even worse um, situation by taking these testing kits away, Brad. Yeah, my, my point, I guess, is that if, if that's how we feel and we love football, then imagine how people who don't already don't like football yeah. feeling about the fact that the Premier League's nicking tests off here and there and yeah. that would be my point However, also I'm I can't wait for it to be back yeah <laughs> also with football um at the end of the day it might boost morale but like say you say you watch a game well I can't comment Birmingham City aren't in the Premier League but if either you two were to watch your team and you win you'd probably be buzzing for for like the rest of that day about it but are you going to then the next day and the days after forget about what's going on outside of that football? Probably not. It's not. It's it's more the fact that it's going to come back as a distraction and something for people to look forward to, rather than just a morale boost as a yeah. A I think value. I think like I, like I was saying earlier about the Bundesliga, like having that routine of yeah Saturday you've got the football to yeah. watch again. That mm. is like a, a nice thing for people to have. If yeah. you are interested in football, that is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, take take it now. We're, we're how far into lockdown and everyone is looking for new things to do. And the fact of the matter is, if it does come back, I think, I think the viewing figures will kill. I think BT... No, they definitely will. BT did far better than they typically do in that slot. Um, yeah, even for a Prem game, they did yeah. better. And you've got to understand that, again, it's still like a, an unsubscribed subscription service anyway. So um, their viewing figures are probably actually they were chuffed with them. Um, that being said, I can't I can't get past that this isn't important, and I just can't get I can't get past that I'm testing for it. And my biggest problem is that there is no way football comes back in its. I, I, I see I don't see from a sporting from a sporting point of view. I don't see how you can finish the season if everybody's not on the same level playing field they were in the first half. That's the reason why. I get. I well, with with that, you know what you're saying about Dini and Kante. Yeah. It's kind of like they just got injured, isn't it? I know it is, but it isn't though, is it? it I know it's not that they got it. Yeah, yeah. But that's how it will be. That's how you can sell it to 
yeah, that's how, that's how you can sell it. And to be honest, it's not necessarily the case, but that would be the argument, wouldn't it? To be honest, I'm I'm more thinking actually here about Watford because because Chelsea can re- Chelsea can replace Kante and they can still go on their march from the top four. If Watford lose their captain, their talisman, and they go and they get relegated based on that because he's correctly not playing because he's fearing for his family's life. That's yeah, I bad. wanted to say that as well. He made he made the right decision. Totally. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, any any footballer that chooses to. Like Tammy Abraham might not play because he's worried about his dad who has asthma. Any footballer who makes the decision to protect their families over, um, I think it's probably worth saying, anyone who makes that decision to protect their families is absolutely 100% in the right and should have the full backing of clubs and supporters, in my opinion. Yeah, and so far, well, I, th- I think Deeney actually got some mixed responses on Twitter, which is I find just ridiculous. Um, but yes, I mean, so long as their clubs continue to back them, and that's that's what needs to happen. As hard as it is, for example, with Kante, as you were saying, he's the highest earner at Chelsea. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not sure how how long you can have your highest earner on the bench not playing. Well, he's um, not going to be on the bench, is he? Well, no, no, you're not. Either. You're not. I mean, sat on the side, yeah, yeah. not playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there's another interesting question about contracts. Um, they're up on June, like William, for example, his contract, and I keep using Chelsea just because I know the state of their contracts, and like Ryan Frazier too, um, for Bournemouth, their contracts are up on June the 30th. There's no obligation that they have to re-sign. No. So again, are we are we losing the playing field? I think this was a, this is one where I felt like you either had to extend everyone or or no one, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you should just extend everyone because otherwise, some players who aren't necessarily wanted by their clubs will just be out on there. But will just be gone on June the thirtieth, and the ones that they do want to keep, they'll they can they can try and keep. But would does Ryan Fraser want to sign for another month at Bournemouth? Dave, he we know he wants to get out of there. You can't make teams pay for players that don't want to be there and you also can't make them pay for players like every let's face it in this day and age every team has a player that's been there three or four years it never worked out and as soon as it gets to the season their contract is ending they can't wait to get them off the wage bill Hmm. why should they have to pay for that why should they have why should they have to pay for that player like they have no intention to use them, and also on the other foot with things like Ryan Fraser, why should he ever have to pull on a Bournemouth shirt again if he if he doesn't feel that he wants to? Yeah, that's that's my point. I'm not sure. But no, but to... he, they would have had to finish the season anyway. But he's contracted to June the thirtieth. He's not contracted for the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, if he doesn't want to play, he has. If he doesn't want to play well, for them, he literally has no obligation to play for you them. Don't, you don't. Unless he signs a contract the extension. Normal, the normal right. end of season date is June the 30th, right? That's why mm. the contracts end then. Yeah, yeah. But that's not going to be the end of the season this year. But you don't sign a contract till the end of the season. You yeah, sign a contract till a date. And, you, and no employer can legally make their employee continue on working no. past that date. Yeah, I, I just think I, I understand all of that those points, and that's obviously not what will happen. But I think if they could have worked out a way to somehow extend everyone's contract by X 
until the end of the season instead. But the, that would have that would have been better for your, your competitive integrity because if Bournemouth lose Ryan Fraser, that's one of their best players gone. Dave, okay, I'm going to put a different twist on this. So yeah, it's bad enough for Prem players. Imagine playing for like a League One or League Two team. You're out of contract. You may have picked up some form. I've actually there's a podcast I've seen. Basically, it's two Colchester players, Theo Robinson and Frank Newblay, and they've spoken about it. And they have no way of showcasing what they can do to earn a contract like a lot of players do. They're just, you know, they're, they're literally at a loss. Like, there's nothing they can do. At least Premier League players, whether they want to be there or not, if they end up getting played, they might end up getting a move. But again, it's down to the players. Yeah. If they don't want to play... They shouldn't have to. It's an, and yeah, that is my opinion. It's an interesting point, and it's an, it's a nice sentiment, yours, Brez, that we should have found a way to make everyone. If they could have found a way to do it, it would have been fine. But for for that to happen, you have to have complete and total buy-in from the players to work. The fact of the matter is, like anything, you can't make someone do something they don't want to do, because that's again. I mean. They've signed a contract till June the thirtieth. Anything further than that, if you're forcing people to do stuff, is when you get really into like really dodgy situations about whether or not these people have their own personal control over these situations. And I'm not comfortable as telling Ryan Fraser he has to go and play for another month, for example. I think he should think about it sporting wise and think, how's it going to look to prospective clubs that I ran out on this club in this situation rather than sign the one month deal. But um. I, I just think if if we're going if we talk we talk about competitive integrity, that's another way that you lose it. Yeah, but this is again, this... which is essentially uh, clearly is unavoidable. But it's mm. yet another way where we're going to lose. That. This is this is why I think it, this is why I, I'm going to say it again. I think it should just be cancelled because there's no way you can bring it back in a manner. You can no way you can bring it back in a manner which ensures fairness. Um, I no. think <laughs> it's a total nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, there's, because there's another question raised, like, say William doesn't re-sign on June the 30th, which he's already said he will. Take that, for example. Chelsea yeah. have got Hakim Ziyech signed up, ready to go, and he's not going to be able to play. But they've already lost someone. They've lost someone, but they can't add someone. It just yeah, doesn't work for me. William signs with someone else because he's a free yeah. agent. Yeah. In the Prem, yeah. and then Chelsea miss out on top four because William, I don't know, has a ridiculous few games for United. <laughs> Come on, sir. William scoring goal. Get the sucker. He rediscovers his form from three years ago. He'd have had to have had form. Um, no, I just, you, you know what I mean? I know. Could, you, I know yeah, know. it's which, a strange Which one. wouldn't have been possible if, this, if the season had ended normally. He wouldn't have been able to move like that. So I just. It, Strange. There's no, there's no competitive integrity. I really do think they should cancel it. And, um, but they won't well, cancel. We, it. we said maybe two months ago that the best way to finish it, uh, to decide it, is to it's finish void. it. Is to I think can, it, I'm pretty sure we said if they can find a way to finish it, we said they should finish it. But now however, it's got so far into, yeah, I, I don't think, know if they can find a fair way to finish it for anyone. I don't know whether it was naivety. But when we first went into lockdown, I, I didn't think we would be in... It was very naive looking back. I didn't think we'd yeah, be in yeah. this long. So I thought... I thought if, I mean, if they'd, if they'd started it even on the 1st... If they'd restarted on the 1st of May, they can get that done. 
then get it done yeah, in time for the yeah, new season. The end of June. But we're we're sitting here on the 25th of May and they haven't restarted it and there's no concrete plan in place to restart it. And it's at this point where you have to say, cut your losses and run. Quite yeah. So, so well, Richard Masters estimated it would cost them £1 billion to the Premier League if they don't finish it. Still want to cut and run? Yes. Yeah, I do. It's a lot of... Yeah. It's a lot of money, but at the end of the day, if you can't even ensure a fair level playing field or even players' safety, perhaps, I don't think any sort of money is worth that much. And also, on the other on the other foot, however, there is a thing that if they void seasons, clubs could get involved legally, which is possibly another expense. I don't know. It's just a huge minefield, to be honest, at what could happen and we could we could be able to play like five games and then there's is an outbreak amongst players and and that really would put a, a buffer on it and surely there's no way you could then play the last four games or whatever after Mike. that um my next question <laughs> is why do you want to finish this season and start a new one when we're already most three quarters through this one Surely it's better to finish this one than start a new one. No, uh, no. The reason the reason why is you start a new one, everyone's at the same level playing field. Um, whereas with the last one, you can't replicate it. It's it, the fairness and sporting integrity of the thing is gone. It's just gone. You can't do anything with it. Whereas you everyone's in the same boat. No, they're not though. They're not because take a team again. Going back to Watford, take a team like Watford who've lost. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know, but I know, but take take <laughs> take a team like Watford who've losing their best, losing their most important player. They're not on the same. And you take a team like you take someone else who's down there like Brighton who haven't lost their best player. They're not on the same playing field. They're just not. And I know they can make the claims that it's like injury, but it's not like injury. We don't have to do this. It's not like it's not like someone's got injured during the season. We're making, we're taking a conscious decision to go back, put more people's lives at risk to play what is in its essence just a game. Yeah. We we should what we should do is we should. It's bad, and I don't like it personally, but I can't see any other way. The only argument for finishing the season is so you can finish it and hand out stuff on a sporting level, and you can't do that now. So why are we going to risk people's lives? Why are we going to take kits away from people just to finish a season that is already going to have an asterisk bite for whatever happens? There we go. Project restop. That's your episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to get on my soapbox and say how I mean, absolutely shocking the Scouts' behaviour about all I, of this has been. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was going to say, to be <laughs> fair, it is a shame that Liverpool have had such a good season and it could amount to nothing, but it will also amount to nothing for everyone else. Sheffield United, I do not think, are ever going to replicate a season like this with that crop of players. It's not just them. It's it's Leicester too. It's, yeah, it's far bigger yeah, than just Liverpool. Um, it's a shame for all teams, but at the end of the day, if you can't guarantee a level Leeds playing and West Brom players' safety... If you can't guarantee safety is the thing for me because I see all yeah. these, I see all these Liverpool people and I'm like, you guys have forgotten that you've spent that most of Liverpool have spent their lives correctly fighting for justice for people's safety at Hillsborough, and now they're out there calling for pe- for footballers to put their lives at risk to play a game, just so they can get a title. 
that's how some of it looks. That's how it looks to me. And it's not just them, it's other teams as well. But we can't we can't sit there and wax lyrical about how we need to we need to get justice for these people rightly and then put the players' lives at risk because they are people too. Just yeah, that's just sort of ties in with what Danny Rose said actually. Uh Danny Rose was saying that he doesn't think that it's fair that they basically get used for the morale of morale of the country and as entertainment. Like they are people and they're not gonna be used as lab rats to see if see if things work out. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really got much else to say to be honest. <laughs> I think that was a good one. Um yeah. If anyone wants to give us a shout, let us know what they think yeah. about it all. Yeah, because it is. It, we we've sort of we all sort of agree with each other on this one. So we'd actually like to hear some dissenting opinions, except from the scousers. I don't want to hear your opinions. Oh, William, <laughs> <laughs> you all the tune. Get out of here. I don't want to hear from either. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so thank you for joining us. Um, we will talk about the classic next week by all the sounds of things. Um, Mike, if the people want to follow you and they can listen to you um, play devil's advocate and perhaps about how a certain striker almost became another new striker in a league, maybe how Joel Linton almost became the new Firmino, who knows? Where can they find these stakes? Um, at, at Mikey Bergman on Instagram. Uh, no, not Instagram. Instagram. Well, I have an Instagram. Twitter <laughs> is actually where you should follow me. Yeah. Um, and Dave, if the people want to follow you so they can get more um, ideas about your technical football skills and find out why you only had one sock at the park, uh, where can they do that, Dave? Uh, it's Dave Harris underscore 44. And you can follow me at Wehunt17, but please don't. Please instead follow us all at In and Around Pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you do have any questions for the pod, either send us... Send us them there, or I don't know. We'll, we'll set up a LinkedIn. You can send them there. Um, maybe instead, <laughs> you can email us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com. Um, but again, please let us know what you think about the prospective project restart and why it's all such a crock of shit. <laughs> anyway, until next time, uh, we'll see you around. <laughs>